Welcome to the Coffee and Tea Podcast with me, Damiana Grande, if you know me from the internet, and Cole, if you know me from real life. Fun fact. Wait, let me stop and say good morning. Good morning. How are you? You probably aren't listening to this in the morning because this is the first time I'm filming this podcast or recording this podcast on an actual Friday. Usually I film it Thursday night, Thursday afternoon, and then I queue it up to be posted on Friday. But yesterday, I finally got my new phone, which was a day delayed, so I had to go get it picked up at a UPS store after work, and I don't know if you've ever gotten a phone and had to have your number ported over from, like, carrier to carrier. That's what I had to do because I'm 31 and decided I need to get my own phone plan, so that's what I did, Um, and going from T-Mobile to Verizon, you have to like port your number over and it's this huge, dumb process. And so that's what I spent all afternoon doing yesterday. I was talking to customer service and literally up until like 10.45 at night, I was like, my number isn't ported over. I'm not receiving text messages. I'm blah, blah, blah. And I have a lot going on right now and I'm expecting calls and I'm not just going to go about my day and not be able to use my phone. That's literally what I'm paying you guys for. So we finally got the text messages to start working, which great. And I'm assuming that I can receive calls, which great. And I'm not receiving iMessages for whatever reason. And they were like, that's all we can do. We've helped you as much as we could. So you're just going to have to talk to somebody else. That was my alarm because it's 10, 15 a.m. and I have like three-ish hours to get ready and go to work. So sort of rushing this episode. I'm so sorry. What was I saying? Oh, um, so they connected me or they didn't connect me. They told me to leave basically. And I had to go to Apple, um, support and talk to them. And I ended up just doing my own stupid research, which I'm sure that I'll regret later. (laughs) But I found out that like it takes 24 hours for iMessages to catch up to your number when it gets ported over from somewhere else. So If you are texting me and I'm not texting you back, it's because I literally can't. I have no way to text you back because my number isn't ported through, even though it's been half a day, which is so annoying. And that's whatever. I guess it's a lesson on being patient, which I believe we all know that I'm not patient at all. But I am practicing being grateful. I am grateful that I still have my old phone so I can go back to that if I want to because I went to a smaller phone for the first time in my life but it is so 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 cute and it's mint green and the case is adorable and my hand doesn't hurt when I'm holding it because it's so heavy and I have like stupid little thumbs that I can't like reach across the screen on the bigger phones and now I can reach across the screen so that's nice. I wanted to take this episode to sort of talk about my weight loss surgery. So a year yesterday I had my weight loss surgery, I had the gastric sleeve, um, which basically means that they take your stomach and they cut like 85% of it out or something. Like you're left with a little tummy pocket. I think they called it like a little pocket or something like that. It's not really a stomach anymore, but they cut most of it out and sew it together. So you have like less than a banana sized stomach left. Um, I did this because most of my life, I've like all of my life since third grade, I've struggled with my weight and I've lost it and then gained it back and lost it and gained it back and lost it and gained it back. That 
part alone is not great for your health. It's not good for your body to fluctuate that much. Like a normal person fluctuates between one and seven pounds. I was fluctuating between one and 35 pounds, sometimes more, um, like more than once a year. So I ultimately came to the conclusion that it was like my final straw. I went on the slim fast diet and I was like, okay, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. And if I lose 30 pounds and I can keep it off, then I'm going to live my best life. But if I can't keep it off, then I am going to take the next step because I'm only getting older and my metabolism is only getting slower that I am going to finally take crap into my old hands and do what I need to do. So I did the slim fast diet and I did it while I was being full-time flight attendant. So and I had a lot of days off, which is nice. Actually, it wasn't nice. I was in a car accident. So I had a lot of days off because I was in pain. But I um, fortunately, I guess, had a lot of days off. So I didn't have to go to work and like work 14, 16 hour days only on slim fast. But I did do that sometimes. And it was successful. I was home a lot, so I got to run a lot and still sort of get paid because you get like a base amount pay when you're a flight attendant. So that was um, sort of working itself out. It's kind of like when you see a celebrity and you're like, God, they lost weight so fast. How do they do that? It's because they don't have lives and their lives are the gym and all they can focus on is the gym and their diet. And so they get fast turnaround. So that's what I did. I was on the slim fast diet and I literally ate lettuce wrapped tuna salad like every day it would be like my favorite subway sandwich at home on a lettuce wrap with like a little bit of cheese on it because I'm lactose intolerant so I will still have cheese but not a lot and um that's what I did and I lost 30 pounds in like a month in a month and a half or something like that which is crazy to hear now but that was like sort of normal for me um at that time and that's probably something I mean that is something that I had to talk to a therapist about before this surgery even happens because they have to make sure that you're mentally sound and that you are going to get over your past traumas, which I have a lot of um, mental hurdles surrounding food that I didn't want to bring with me into this new lifestyle. Anyway, so I did lose like 30 pounds and I was like, perfect, this is great. All of my dresses are big and I'm going to work and feeling great because I lost 30 pounds. I'm not like carrying a three-year-old around in my stomach, you know, and um, so I almost immediately gained it back, and I don't, I don't know, like, it's, I wasn't going crazy and, like, binging to gain it back. I was just sort of, like, not living my life on an unhealthy level and eating normally, and I gained it back in, like, a month and a half or two months, so I was like, all right, I need to talk to somebody about this. It was getting out of hand, so I finally went and I had my consultation, and the consultation sort of told me that I was, like, a few pounds shy of it, and I was like, babes, don't worry, like, I'm, <laughs> I'll, I'll get that few pounds before I have the surgery, and then I went in, they were like, oh, yeah, you're actually the perfect weight when I went in and weighed myself in person, because I guess I didn't really know how much I weighed, so I had that, it was, like, 12 visits, and they just weighed me throughout that to make sure that I was consistently that weight, which thank God I was throughout that entire time. That was like the hardest thing of my life was to stay consistent weight, which at that time was 257 pounds. So I was 257 every single time I went in there and I was working out to stay 257. I needed to stay 257 and not gain more weight because if I gained more weight, it would 
signify another issue and blah, blah, blah. And if I lost a lot of weight, it would signify a different issue. So I was really, really working at staying 257 for the first time in my life. I was like, oh, I need to stay at this number instead of, oh my God, it's 257. I'm disgusting, which I did think I was disgusting, but you know, it was weird to have to stay that and not want to lose it all. So finally, after 12 visits, I got green-lighted for the surgery. My insurance covered it when I was at United Airlines, which is fantastic. Love that for me. I, li- I did meet the out-of-pocket minimum or whatever throughout the year, basically. So I just paid whatever was left of that. And which, thank God for the car accident, I sort of paid out-of-pocket at the beginning of that before a lawyer took over. And um, that helped me in the long run because I did get my out-of-pocket max sort of in that situation. So, um, then I had the surgery and it was up in Jersey with my aunt. Um, and she was there with me and she got to take care of me. She didn't get to take care of me. I got to have her to take care of me, which is really nice. So she sort of walked me through it and made sure I was doing what I was doing and made sure that I wasn't overexerting myself. It is a walking surgery. So you are supposed to get up and walk around a lot. There's not a lot of like super rest. You're not like supposed to be bedridden or anything like that, which is nice because I hate sitting in one spot for too long, which is insane because it's kind of my issue now is like when I work so hard that on my days off, I just want to sit and like do nothing for a long time, but fresh out. Like I had been a flight attendant for four and a half years by that point when you're a flight attendant, you don't stop moving. Like you're literally walking miles and miles and miles every single day, back and forth on the airplane to and from the airport. Like you get to your hotel and you don't have a car, obviously. So you walk everywhere you need to go or get an Uber, but flight attendants are poor. So we're not getting Ubers everywhere. So like me, when I was in Denver, I literally walked from wherever and then there's a train station thank god so I would hop on the train sometimes or I would get like a bird scooter but I mean it would be like 20 miles that day that I it was like half half bird scooter half me walking everywhere and it's so lots and lots and lots of walking I'm always on the move so coming out of that surgery and not being able to do anything was kind of like a killer to me like a, a mood killer vibe killer and um She was there to keep me sane, which is really nice. I really appreciate her. And I still talk to her every single day. And I mean, I talked to her every single day when I was there because I lived with her anyway. And uh, yeah, she's my fave. Um, I love her so much as a human. And uh, she really got me through that first month of like healing. And after that month, I was cleared to fly. Um, I had to not be on a plane for six weeks um but I had to like I wasn't even allowed to travel for that first month because I had to go and get my first checkup my one month checkup and uh, I met them and they were like okay you're healing really well I had lost like a lot of weight in that first month and they're like whoa um so they were just making sure I was getting my liquids and taking my vitamins and getting my protein in and making sure that I was okay and then they cleared me to fly and then I bought a flight from uh Jersey to Florida where I could spend the rest of my healing um, with my parents so I sort of was down here with my dog and my parents and just sort of healing and living my life which was really nice Um, and then that's when I ultimately decided to move back here me and my mom and my dad were like really 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 good friends and I'm the only child so like they we are the only people that we've ever had in our life consistently so we really get along. And why am I getting emotional? And when you're a flight attendant, you're away 
a lot. I mean, as a regular adult, you're away a lot, but when you're a flight attendant, your life is so lonely unless you have like if you go into it with a marriage at least you get to come home from every trip and have somebody or if you meet somebody I don't know how you're meeting somebody but if you meet somebody while you're a flight attendant and you're coming home to them and you have somebody there um or a lot of flight attendants live in like these things called crash pads where they come home and hopefully your friends are there sometimes they're not a lot of times they're not because they're also on trips so a lot of my life I lived by my own by myself like I had my own apartment and um, for a while, my friend Charlie was living with me in my living room, so that was really nice. Um, but we did have opposite trips a lot, so we would both come home to like an empty apartment in Houston, Texas, which we both hated Houston. And uh, we had a couple friends around there, but they would be working. So a lot of that life is just you alone. And so I missed my parents a lot because we are the people that we had in our lives for the longest. And it's hard to be away from them that much, so... I, when I came back to Heal, we were like getting along so well and I was like, I'm going to get a Florida car and come down here more. So I got a Florida car and came down here more. And then I was just like, I'm going to move here. So I transferred with United to, um, DC, um, from Jersey to DC. And then I moved to Florida. So that makes no sense, but I would literally wake up in Florida and, drive to like Tampa, Orlando, fly to DC and then work my flight out of DC and then fly back at the end of my trip. And then it was a lot and a lot of commuting, which ultimately led to my airline demise. I think plus everybody has been so insane after COVID. Like I don't, everybody lost their freaking minds and nobody knows how to be a regular human being anymore. Everybody's always at a level 10 and it's wild. But so during that entire time, I think I was flying for I was lying for like seven months um, after my surgery, and that was a lot of exercise, thank God, and I was getting a lot in, and I think during the seven months of my surgery, I went down, I went into the surgery with a size 18 dress that was, I should not have been wearing that dress, it was way too tight, it was hard for me to put on every single day, and when I left United, I was a size 12 dress, but it was too big, so... I think a lot of that flying and a lot of, honestly, irregular eating, but me getting to focus on what I'm eating um, really, really helped me out in that weight loss journey. And then in September, I left. Um, Actually, in September, I got another job, which is where I'm working now, and I love it. I love the job. It's really for me. Um, I really get it. I understand it. It's nice to have a firm grasp on what you're doing and have a clear head to what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. And when you don't know what needs to be done, there are tools that you can grasp on your own and sort of figure it out, which is really nice. I love being my own person, sort of, and just educating myself. I do appreciate guidance a lot, but I I have this thing where I don't like to ask for help if I can do it myself. So I always try to do it myself. And thankfully for me, there's a lot and a lot and a lot of tools for me out there that I can look up and research and figure it out on my own from a company perspective, which is great. And also everybody beneath me, I love them so much. Um, I'm able to guide them by doing the same thing. Um, There's a lot of, like, trainings and stuff like that. So I usually take something 
that is meant for them and I will firmly grasp their role and then help them through it, which is really nice. Um, what was I talking about? Yes. So I got the job in September and I, I knew sort of that I was going to get this job. Like I had a really good feeling that I was going to get this job. So I purposefully bid, um, in the flight attendant industry, you bid for your schedule for the next month. So you know, like what your entire next month's schedule is going to be by like the 12th, the previous month. So I bid for a really open schedule and I dropped a lot of the trips that I had on that schedule, which is really super great. Um, I actually transferred to Tampa because my intent was to stay flying and be closer to home because I thought maybe that was the issue, but it wasn't the issue. It was literally the flight attendant job was not for me anymore. Um, still love traveling. I love traveling so much. Um, thanks to my best friend, Charlie, I am able to travel if I want to. And I have, which is why I went to Hawaii. And, um, thankfully for her, I can still travel, but I don't have to work my flights to travel, which is super great. I've really understood what it's like to not be lonely on a daily basis outside of flight attendant industry. And I'm so grateful for that every day. I love having a team that I can come to every day and having people that I love that I get to see every single day is wonderful because when you meet somebody in the flight attendant industry and you fly with them and you connect with them so deeply and so intimately on like a four day trip, and then you may never see them again, which is so sad to think about. Um, sure you see yourselves on the internet, which is great. And, uh, I'm sure some of you are listening. I hope, God, I hope everyone's listening to this, but I like miss all of you guys. My roommate in training, I miss her so much. Alina, I see all of your stuff all the time and I miss you so much. Andrea, of course, I talk to you about you all the time, constantly. Every time I drink Dunkin' Donuts, I think about you, which I'm almost at my 12th this month. So I'm about to get boosted status again. Um, love you so much. Anyway, so that last month flying, I cleared my schedule and I sort of just got to work my current job and really, really decide if I liked it before I left flying. And I think two weeks into the job, I was like, yeah, I'm going to leave flying. And I was still a flight attendant. So I had a couple days off or something, or I knew that I was going to start something or whatever. So I booked myself to work a Paris trip, um, as my last hurrah. So I did work that trip with my best friend, Charlie, and we just went to Paris and we lived our best Parisian lives by being scared of all the French people there and eating the best food and going into random stores and walking down streets and just seeing everything that was beautiful and seeing the Eiffel Tower light up at night was like the most magical thing and just, it was fantastic and just walking down the street and playing Smasher Pass is like everything that I love in that human being. Um, no matter where we are, it's just fantastic. Unfortunately on that trip, we had to work with these two freaking monsters. Um, they'll never hear this, but they were the worst human beings I've ever met in my life. And they really, really made it clear that I was making the right decision, um, and leaving because people who are unsupervised, some people that are unsupervised have this courage to be the worst person on the planet because they know it will never come back at them. And these two human beings were the worst persons on earth there was this one girl who was so sweet and so quiet and so kind on our crew and they literally hit her with a cart and those are 350 pound carts and they played it off like it was a joke and I could not stand them and I hope 
it has caught up to them and that they are fired because everybody in the entire base knew who they were and how horrible they were as human beings. And and I know karma's coming for them. So I'm, I'm not worried about them anymore. I actually haven't thought about them until just now. And now I'm heated again because they are so horrible. I don't understand how you live your life as a horrible human being that really, I don't, I hope you don't sleep well at night. I hope your coffee is bitter every day. I hope Duncan never gets your order right. And I hope Starbucks puts their thumb in there. Anyway, my weight loss journey. So since October, it's been fantastic. I've had a lot of time to eat what I want. Like I'm, I, it's easier to go to the store and plan my weeks when I know that I'm going to be home the next day. So that's really nice. And, uh, it's easier to not eat like trash because you're not in an airport with few options and you just have to eat whatever is available to you. So that's really nice. And, uh, yeah, my life is pretty on track and great with the weight loss surgery. I have recently weighed in at 167, which is so funny to me. Um, my, I didn't really have a goal at the beginning of this, but I was like, if I hit 180, I think I would be excited because I've never in my adult life weighed less than 199 pounds. And I was only 199 pounds for a day. And it was really, um, I got to that point very unhealthily. And I, of course, never kept it that way because I needed to not keep it that way to be a healthy human. But, um, I was just, I was like, if I'm 180, that would be fantastic. I don't know if I can get there. I honestly looked fine at 199. So I was really psyched when I hit 189 and then I hit 180 and I was like, oh my God. And then my body went into overdrive and I was like 170 in like two weeks. And I was like, oh my God. And then now I'm, I'm stuck at 167 and honestly, I'm fine. My mom thinks I look like a bag of bones. So I don't know if I want to lose any more weight, but, um, if I do, that would be great because I feel like I'm going to gain some back. Or maybe that's just my trauma talking, but I like where my body is at and I like where my diet is at and I like where my routine is at, but I don't like where I'm at. And by that, I mean Florida. Um, I think it's, I'm, I like where I'm at in my life and I like who I am. And it's like really become clear to me that Florida doesn't like who I am and is actively fighting against the people who are like me. Um, I don't know if I talked about it on the last podcast, but it's illegal now in this state to change your gender marker on your driver's license. And if anyone out there is trying to convince themselves that that's for anybody else but trans people, then you need to seek help because who does that affect besides the trans community? on a day-to-day basis. If I want to change my gender marker on my driver's license, I don't see how that affects anyone else. I don't see how that affects anything. And uh, if you needed more information, I almost lost the ability to receive health care in Florida as a trans human being if I didn't drive three and a half hours away and sign a release form um, before January 4th because after January 4th, a bill passed that made it nearly impossible for new trans people or people who are newly trans to see um, anybody in the healthcare industry. And even if you were on trans healthcare before, it was, you had to jump through even more hoops to receive care in the future. So that was, that was my first sign. It was like, oh my God, um, maybe it'll get better. And I was still like optimistic. And then 
uh, one of the girls who works with me, her name is Jada, and she sent me um, the day that the bill passed for it to be illegal to change our gender marker. I think uh, something really shifted in my brain. Something really clicked, and I was like, okay, this is really not going to get better. And my life, I think that was like three weeks ago, in that three-week period, my life was like in turmoil a little bit. Like I was really living my best life and trying to be better, but I could tell something was wrong. And I don't think it really hit me until like a week ago that Florida is what's wrong. And I know it's never going to get better. And I've like spoke with my parents about walking around. My mom's like nervous for me to walk around in parking lots, like even from work to my Jeep at night. And I I'm too anxious to go outside, and that's kind of how it was in Texas. So I don't want to be weirdly aware of where I am all the time. Like, being a flight attendant has made me very capable of being situationally aware. And I'm very grateful for that because as a trans person of color, it's sort of important to be situationally aware in an everyday life. Oh my god, hold on. Anyway... So I'm very tired of being forced to know what my surroundings are all the time. So I have made some huge steps to move. And uh, really the only place I've ever been where I can walk down the street and nobody can, nobody looks at me or thinks twice is in Hollywood. So hopefully I'll land in Hollywood or somewhere with trans people deep in their history like Hawaii um, we are literally in the books. So I am taking my steps to afford myself a better life. And hopefully next week I'll have some news about that. But for now, we are drinking our... Oh my god, I never talked about the coffee this week. What the hell? For now, we are drinking our double shot Americano it's actually really just a double shot over ice. I put a lot of ice in there, a little bit of water, and I poured some creamer on top. There's caramel in there and extra caramel because I needed this day to start off on a sweet note, which it did. Um, I'm enjoying this coffee. I'm enjoying this. I love you guys. My phone still isn't working. <laughs> so, I mean, it's working for the most part. It's working for the most part, but I just can't iMessage, so... I have a feeling some of my friends are texting me and I'm not getting those. And that kills me inside. God, I need to like put on my Instagram story that my iMessage isn't working so that I can actually get text messages from people. Anyway, I'm going to go. It's 1042. This is, I think, the fastest I've ever filmed an episode. This is the least amount of pauses I've ever had to make. Um, aside from me almost crying on microphone and having to like step away. I don't know. Life is heavy. Um, I'm going to go and do my makeup. Um, I'm going to shower and do my makeup and get ready for work and go to Dunkin' on the way to work and have my second cup of coffee and maybe some egg bites because I love those. And I'm going to enjoy my day with my amazing coworkers and enjoy them while I can. I used all of my points yesterday to get in candle that says yo I can't adult today and it's fruit loop smelling so I'm gonna light that candle and I'm gonna use all the makeup that I got with my points yesterday which is all of the Ariana Grande stuff that literally just hit 
it's not even on the shelves yet. It literally just hit the Ulta stores. Like, you can mobile order them. Bopis, buy online and pick it up in store if you want, because they have them in the back, probably. Um, yeah, I bought all that and some of the brushes. So I'm going to go light the candle, live my best life with my full face of Ariana today, and chill the F out. Um, if you like this podcast, please follow, subscribe. If you could give it a five-star rating, that would be fantastic. It would help the podcast grow. Um, if you are struggling and you need somebody to relate to, you can find me on Instagram at Damiana Grande, and I'm here for you to talk to you about anything. Um, I understand what it's like to struggle and still look okay or still feel the need to look okay in the public eye um, just because we, you know, we don't want people to know what it's like, but I hope you are working towards a better you, and if you need somebody on your side, I am here for you. Um, make sure to like and follow this podcast. Um, I am at Damiana Grande everywhere on the internet, so you can find me literally anywhere at Damiana Grande. And of course, you can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but this is episode five, and I think I'm catching a groove. So I think maybe next week you may find this podcast on a couple different platforms as well. So hopefully I can let this little baby grow as I grow as a human being. I hope you all have a lovely weekend. I hope you have some time to relax, and I hope you have the most positive vibes come at you. But until next week, I love you so much. This has been the Coffee and Tea Podcast with me, Damiana Grande, and I cannot wait to see you guys again. XOXO, Coffee and Tea.